keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And your teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killings. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. All right. Welcome, everybody, to... <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Welcome, everybody, to Russell Roast. We're two seconds in, and Dan's cut out. Uh, I'm, I, you know what? I'm taking the reins on this one. This is Robert. I'm hosting right now. Dan's in a Mazda in Scarsdale. Which yeah, the like FBI is chasing him. There was yeah. a shootout in front of one of their buildings. He he raided Maryland and now? fled. Now we can hear you. This is you... this is great. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. This is this is a nightmare. Oh, it's all right. Uh, Dan's yes, in a Mazda. In a, Scott I'm, has I'm, no I'm, sleeves. I'm in an empty church parking lot. Uh, the Wi-Fi reception is not great here, guys. So uh, if it sounds like I'm underwater, um, I'm I apologize. But I'm excited about the show, man. We got to do a little Seth Rollins research. We got a we got a roast episode. But before we get to that, uh, as far as our Patreon this Monday, we got a big one coming up. If you're not a member, I think this may be our most fun roast ever. We're doing the roast of Marty Janetti for five extra dollars a month. You get three extra episodes a month. And one of them is a bonus roast. Uh, Marty, if you don't know anything about Marty, which, uh, you know, if you probably if you listen to this podcast, you know a lot about Marty, but he is a haunted house of a person. I mean, he is absolutely uh, out there, brother. August 22nd, we're going to be reviewing Heroes of Wrestling, 1992, August 30th, the roast of Donald Trump. Next week, uh, we're just going to have a we're going to have a no normal episode, non roast episode. I may add some fun stuff in there. Um, actually, what I was thinking of for next week's episode was maybe doing a little fantasy booking um you know may, maybe uh this is what i'm thinking guys and i talked about this on some of the sports and i'll ask robert and scott but what i was thinking about for rebook that shit what i want to talk about next week like people who left for aew after nxt if they had stayed um what would their wwe have looked like under hunter so better. that's adam cole that's the entire yeah. segment the answer is better <laughs> Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Keith Lee. I'd love to debate that. We're also going to be covered. Look, it's it's kind of weird, man, because Raw's good again. So instead of like breaking Dynamite down by hour, we're just going to do high spots and low spots from Raw and Dynamite, just because it, it seems like it's on an upswing and the ratings are good. So I, I want to cover both companies, and we'll be doing Tales from the Indies. But today, it's the roast of Seth Rollins. Oh, and at the end of the month, we're roasting Bubba Ray on the regular show. That should be fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, today is the roast of Seth Rollins. Uh, we'll start out with the bright side of Seth Rollins. And it's it's a pretty long bright side. For me, he is the best in-ring wrestler in WWE, and it's not even close. I, I, I'd say the closest, I mean, I, I'm maybe Ricochet will be able to match him if they let him match him. And maybe Riddle is is is, is just under that league. But as far as like bell to bell, I don't think there's anybody who's better than Orton. And I don't think there's been anybody who's been better than Orton for a couple of years. Um, the cover of 2K18, greatest cash in and in, in WrestleMania history. Uh, he, he elevates everybody he works with. Dominic Mysterio, Cesaro, Cesaro really got edged to a place he needed to be. Like, I, I think if they used Seth before Roman, you know, Seth is the champ. You know, I, I think we would have maybe even seen like a title change with Edge. Um, matches of his I loved. Triple threat with Cena and Brock at SummerSlam versus Roman at this year's Rumble versus Cody at Mania and Hell in a Cell versus Cesaro at Mania. Uh, he had all these matches for the IC title with Ziggler, which were fantastic. Uh, you know, as the Shield, his, his matches against the Wyatts, the, the Rhodes family, the... The uh, Ziggler and Drew, uh, you know, Ryback and Team Hell No. His, his match against Kevin Owens at, at Mania. Neville, he had a great match on Raw. The, 
and uh, the uh, the triple threat match in the WrestleMania 30, 34. Well, I don't think it's the best opening match. I think that's Owen and Brett, but I think it, it may be the second best or third best opening match of a WrestleMania. Kayfabe accomplishments. He's FCW heavyweight champion, PWG tag team champion, pro wrestling illustrated field of the year, tag team of the year, wrestler of the year, and number one in PWI top 500 in the years both 2015 and 2019, Ring of Honor World Champion, Ring of Honor Tag Champion, two-time WWE Hall of Famer, two-time Universal Champion, NXG Champion, two-time EC Intercontinental Champion, six-time WWE Tag Team Champion, United States Champion, Royal Rumble, and Money in the Bank winner. Uh, so I love Seth Rollins, man. Um, Scott, what do you think about Seth? Yeah, no, I love Seth Rollins. I think Seth Rollins is one of the best workers in the business. Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. You know, definitely, I mean, gosh, maybe top top three workers in WWE, maybe. He's uh yeah, he's like a super, super talent. I mean, who's better in WWE? I mean, obviously you can make you know the, the argument bell, for Omega bell to or bell, I don't know. No, Bell yeah. to Bell in WWE, and probably nobody, right? Uh maybe Zane, but ah, no, I don't know. Probably not. I, w- I would actually. I pro- enjoy Zane more, but um. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't think there's many better than Rollins. I think when he was in the Shield, he was definitely someone that I wasn't expecting to be the breakout star, and then at first he was. Uh, they really struggled with Roman Ambrose's. It, it wasn't what you wanted it to be. Um. And then Rollins worked out, and he was fantastic. Uh, he was the highlight of the matches uh, in terms of the the Shield matches, and you know some of those matches feel like classics now, right? The ones with the Wyatt family and stuff. Uh, the Wyatt yeah, matches yeah, with Wyatt Randy Orton. Well, that's Chamber, like, that's sure. one of the best RKOs ever. Um, yeah, he's just a consistently unbelievable, not not just like a consistent hand, a consistent show stealer. Yeah, he's just—he's one of their guys. He's one of the guys. Period. If he, if, yeah, if he was say, outside of dude, WWE, he'd right probably now. be complimenting, complimenting him even more. And I think his voice and you know some things he tweets and whatnot are used to tweet, kind of get in people's way of wanting to root for him sometimes. But he's undeniably phenomenal, you know. Yeah, and I, I you know, I think like I was actually thinking about this, Scott, where I was like, <laughs> if you really like, if you went to this company now, because they're always trying to say AJ's the new Shawn Michaels. And I'm like, well, Seth has had way better matches in WWE than AJ. I mean, AJ's had For some sure. great matches. Yeah, yeah. I think loved, AJ... But as far as like yeah. consistency and more matches, I think I think Seth's kind of knocked, you know, AJ at the park. And I mean, they had some great matches together. So For sure. Robert. I think, yeah, yeah. Maybe he is. <laughs> Sorry, uh... no, Scott, keep going. Sorry. No, just just what you said. Just yeah, maybe he is this generation Shawn Michaels. Um, not not in, in the world, but in WWE. You know what I mean? No, in the world, it's like, you know, Kenny and Osprey are, yeah, yeah. you know, obviously going back and forth for that. Uh, Robert, what do you think about the architect, the Monday Night Messiah, the visionary Seth Rollins? He's the single most complete wrestler that there is in wrestling right now. He's somebody that I look at from a creative standpoint. You can put him into any situation and circumstance. He's going to deliver for you in the ring. He's going to deliver the the promo that you need to do on the microphone he comes across as a top star i think scott hit the nail on the head the shield was built to make roman reigns a star and seth rollins became the breakout guy for a very long time and they continued to push and try to make roman what they tried to make him but rollins was so effortless his turn on the shield is one of those things that's still all over the place as memes to this day. When you cross over into the mainstream, I remember when LeBron left to go to Miami, people put his head on Rollins's body. It's one of those things that people just know in general. And, and he would be regarded as, as a Kenny or, or as a, as a, an Osprey if he were anywhere but WWE, but he was able to elevate himself in ring with the constraints that WWE gave him, you know, you you're putting somebody in there. It's, it, it's kind of like to, to, to dip into the, you know, your comedy world for a little bit. It's like he was forced to work clean when everybody else was allowed to do whatever they wanted. And he still managed to make it work. 
And I think that's where he really deserves a lot of the credit. If he was somewhere else, he has that background. He's a PWG guy. He's a Ring of Honor guy. He is probably, with the exception of Roman, the single most successful NXT story that there is from a male perspective. Guy that came in, mainstream people may not have known who he was. They they crafted him. They built him into a WWE main eventer, and he became a WWE main eventer. He's headlined WrestleManias. He's a guy right now who's living his best life in that Raw is using him to elevate Riddle and Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. His match with Cody got five stars from Dave Meltzer, which means you know it had to be good because it physically harms the Meltzer bot to give anything more than three and a half, four stars to a WWE match. So the guy consistently delivers and he's overcome a lot of those criticisms. He was a very hated person online. Uh, his Some of his characters on TV were insufferable. You, they make you want to ch- you know, change the channel. But uh, at this point in time, he he really is at, at a level that really only Randy Orton reached where you can put him in there with anybody. You can put him in there in any storyline. And say, We saw him in stupid storylines, the, the Rey Mysterio story with the popping an eyeball out. Uh, he just he makes it work and he consistently delivers wherever they put him. Uh, he he's he's the Plus, guy, you, you know, build I think a company a, around. The, yeah, I think that the, that's a good point. I mean, you look at Seth, like, and there has been, like, some some stuff that they've done with him, which hasn't made, you know, they really fucked up his baby face run. The Monday Night Messiah thing got real boring real quick. But even, like, you look at, like, Extreme Rules, the Extreme Rules horror show match where he took out Rey Mysterio's eye. So silly, so stupid. But then a month later, he's carrying Dominic Mysterio to the best match on the SummerSlam card, you know? And he's, like, one of the he, – he really does have – you know, he, he is like Randy in the sense that they they bounce back from bad shit real quick. He also, uh, as of now, at least one of the most successful wrestling marriages. So go figure, uh, you know, him <laughs> and Becky as, Lynch. as low of a bar as there can be. It's a very low bar, but it, it works. The guy, he's a trainer. He owns a coffee shop for some weird ass reason. Uh, and he's also someone who is really good at wrestling, who also genuinely loves wrestling. You very rarely get that intersection of guy who's a hardcore, legitimate fan since they were a kid and can also deliver uh, what WWE wants. And and he's Teflon. It doesn't matter if Vince is in charge or if Hunter's in charge. Whatever the situation is, he's a guy who's going to be plugged in and part of that main event. Yeah, and I, and I think another thing about Seth is – you know, like like Scott had mentioned it before, he does like he's he is sometimes vulnerably honest to a fault, you know, so he does look bad in these Twitter exchanges with Osprey. He kind of looks like a little bitch when he complains to the Barclay Center about booing the new title with his match with Finn. But, you know, he's also the only one on Hall of Fame weekend who will be like, yeah, I don't think Hulk Hogan's a good person. You know what I mean? Like, so that filter works both ways where. He can be really obnoxious, but he also can, I don't know, kind of speak truth, you know? So it's, 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 uh, you know, it's a mixed bag, I guess, having that, that fucking diarrhea mouth of his. And look, I think we should say this before we go. Look, if, if you want to know how hot the Nazi Seth dated was, almost every Jewish guy I know looked at her picture and was like, Okay, yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I don't, I don't agree with their politics, but I, I see, I see why he tried to, I, I see why he turned a blind eye for a little bit. <laughs> um, but I'm not Jewish, so I can't really make that statement. <laughs> As the Jew, I think she, she gets a pass in the way, like on Hogan's Heroes, there was the one like secretary who was kind of attractive, and you're like, she's a Nazi. But she kind of helps the Hogan's Heroes. With, and not to mention, Rollins' ex wound up with uh, Sonya Deville for a while. So she's not a very good Nazi. That's all I'm saying. No, she's not. Well, there was a lot of people in Hitler's crew that were gay until he actually t- took power. Um, and then they had to get rid of that. But, but, enough, but enough about Patterson. Let's get to uh, Seth Rollins. <laughs> Let's get to the roast of Seth Rollins. Anybody want to go first? If not, I'll go first. That's fine. I, I can if you want right. me to. I- Oh. Uh, whatever, whichever. 
Yeah, oh, sure, let me go sure, first sure. just in case this phone fucking dies. Oh, yes, okay. I like that. I like that. Okay. All right. All right. Burn it down! Screamed Vince to Kevin Dunn from the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> he always sounds, Seth always sounds like he's being forced to come. Oh, no, 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 not at a Benigan's. <laughs> <laughs> Before Seth, the curb stomp was just something Jackson Riker did at the beginning of American History X. Oh. Seth's known for his colorful suits, amazing ring work, and, well, everything but his penis. <laughs> Seth Rollins was the victim of revenge porn, r- revenge porn, but police couldn't understand him. She showed the internet my wink. I can't make heads or tails of this, Chief. Let's just pull over someone from the New Day. <laughs> the only uglier finish than Seth and Bray Wyatt will be Vince and Brian Gumble. He's married to Becky Lynch. Imagine hearing that voice from your son-in-law for the first time. Becky and Seth approach your family. Oh, Becky, what a handsome fella. Hi, Mrs. Lynch. Oh, get a priest. My daughter's possessed by the ghost of Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> she became Jamaican at the end of that. Uh, the real Monday Night Messiah would be ESPN moving games to Tuesday. NFL should have been. Ah, fuck me. Uh, <laughs> his, uh, his heavies were Akim and Razor, but they left WWE to fight the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Serious, seriously, Seth's dick. It's not big or small. Just average, right, guys? Right? <laughs> Robert says to his wife as a tumbleweed blows past her pussy. <laughs> He's the most obnoxious Seth to not write a comedy blog. And finally, his wrestling school was named Black and Brave, which is also what Vince told Mark Henry after reporting Michael Hayes. That's quite <laughs> Black and Brave of you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. That is it for me. Let's do oh, Robert next. Okay. <clears throat> Seth, Rod- uh, Seth Rollins has the body of an Olympian and the voice of a New Jersey diner waitress. <laughs> hey, guys, want some coffee? <laughs> I can't do that. After COVID, I can't do that voice anymore. It fucking hurts. Uh, Rollins employs a buckle bomb, which sounds like something a terrorist would have strapped to his waist. Granted, a, <laughs> granted, a terrorist attack would have injured less people than Seth's buckle bombs. Seth Rollins turned on Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose destroying the shield much like how Dan said at the roast of Ric Flair destroyed Flair's car shield spokesmanship (laughs) (laughs) to be the man you have to beat the man will be Seth's spousal abuse defense in five years (laughs) Rollins ended Sting's WWE career depriving us of seeing Sting become the 24-7 champion All right. (laughs) Seth Rollins dated a Nazi and lied about being an architect. He's the George Costanza of pro wrestling. (laughs) Rollins dated a Nazi. He should have known that she was one because whenever they had sex, she insisted on watching Barry Horowitz jobbing. (laughs) Also, if you're going to date a Nazi... Maybe try to avoid a catchphrase like burn it down or a finishing move (laughs) called the curb stomp. (laughs) Thanks to a leaked photo by by Seth's ex-girlfriend, the entire world learned that his real finishing move was a small package. (laughs) Seth's real name is Colby Lopez, which already sounds like the shitty NXT name he would have been given. (laughs) Rollins is a former PWG World Tag Team Champion. Something Excalibur would have breathlessly shouted if Seth ever winds up in AEW. (laughs) At WrestleMania, Seth Rollins had the most famous money in the bank cash in to not involve an NDA. (laughs) During a match, Rollins popped Rey Mysterio's eye out of his socket, which meant Rey didn't have to suffer through watching the rest of the show. Rollins was a part of the Shield, a group of mercenaries who took out almost as many wrestlers as the Me Too movement. (laughs) the shield would conclude a beat down by bumping fists it used to be if you wanted to see seth rollins getting fisted you needed to find his custom wrestling content (laughs) rollins went by the moniker kingslayer until it was taken by nick khan 
<laughs> and finally, Seth Rollins had a disastrous Hell in a Cell match with Bray Wyatt that derailed his babyface push. Usually, when someone's wrestling career was ruined after being locked in a tight space with a fiend, she at least got $3 million. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was great, Robert. Robert, you told did you tell us the story on the podcast where you hooked up with that girl in Florida and when you told her you she, you were Jewish, she asked if you had horns? Yes, that was never something I said on the podcast. That was a story I told is, you off air, but that is oh, true. Sorry. So thank you. I mean, I just like if we're talking about fucking Nazis, I mean, holy shit. Robert, she wasn't a Robert Nazi. Is, she was hold on. There's a difference between being a she Nazi. She asked if you had horns. There's what a she difference. Thought it was a boar, Dan. There's a difference between being a Nazi <laughs> and just being from Central Florida. Like you can't help that. <laughs> she thought she met a warthog. I feel like Seth like <laughs> That's the closest Seth and Robert have ever been to one another. Is I feel like Seth also. <laughs> no, it's, it was just art. It's like German art. <laughs> um. All right. Well, uh, Scotty, close us out. All right. Um. I'm unmuted. Right. Okay. Good. The difference between Seth Rollins and the person Sonny killed is Seth became part of the Shield. And the person Sonny killed became part of the windshield. Oh my God. You know how the intro of theme is to honor his hero, Randy Savage? Well, the intro to yeah. Seth Rollins' theme is something his idol screamed at Crystal Knocked. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the best pro wrestling has to offer. Offer is also what Snooka did to Nancy Argentino. <laughs> oh man, after you have a, it, you can't get. There's no Snooka joke. Scott won't do. No, I'll do it, man. He does CrossFit, so Sonny isn't the only wrestler to flip a tire. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna look at his dick pic, but my cell phone doesn't zoom in that much. <laughs> I, I'll just say this: if instead of googling Seth Rollins cock, you googled. Tyler Blackcock, you'd get an image of the opposite of Seth Rollins' cock. (laughs) (laughs) Every Seth Rollins promo reminds me of that Freddy Krueger kill where that deaf kid Carlos gets a giant Q-tip stuck through his head. (laughs) When he walks out, it's burn it down. And when he cuts a promo, it's like, turn it down. (laughs) They called his money in the bank cash in the heist of the century, and McMahon's nineteen point six million took that personally. <laughs> uh, his promos sound like a. This is hard to explain, and maybe it's only. I don't want to be the only guy this has happened to, but like you know, when like you have like little little kids in the house who can walk and they have diapers and they like go stand in a corner. His promo, like, and you're like, what are you doing? And it's they're shitting, but they don't want to be anybody, and they're like, go away. That's what he sounds like a little kid. <laughs> Shitting their diaper in the corner, and you ask them what they're doing. That's you can't offer Becky food without sign sounding like the witch from Snow White. You want an apple? <laughs> uh, Seth Rollins, the architect, has the voice of Fran Drescher, the nanny. He sounds like Gilbert Gottfried in hell. Uh, like if Steve Urkel smoked menthols. Sting's, Sting's neck broke, and Seth was like, Did I do that? He <laughs> <laughs> uh, was like, Squeaky wheel gets the grease, and then poured it on his head. <laughs> uh, his promos sound like my aunt when she's told her coupons are expired. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and finally, he sounds like when you pull your car up to a hardware store late at night and flip your high beams on to melt a gremlin. He sounds like the gremlin. <laughs> like, like melting gremlin. That's it. Uh... Dude, I the same. I, I moved out of like, that sounds like a gremlin being forced into sunlight. Yeah, it is yeah. the same thing. Yeah, I, I said. I mean, that was a on... fun one, dude. Dude, does this one even make sense? It, I, I, I wrote, I didn't say it. Well, now I'm saying it. Uh, Cena told wrestlers, you can't see me. Rollins told his ex, you cannot see me. That was no, good. It that works. It's fine. Okay. Well, we said it to the people. All right. Great job. I mean, boy. look, like, you know, now, now that we're past the roast, you know, it, it was an average dick. Nothing 
bad or good. <laughs> We're just used to these Batista stories, you know? The part yeah. of this that's the most fun, guys, is Dan's sitting alone in a parking lot in Scarsdale just yelling, it's an average dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a church parking lot, too. Yeah. All right, all right let's get we, – we mentioned it on the show a little bit, and, uh, you know, again, sorry if I'm cutting out, guys. Uh, but we're going to go for a show in hell this week. Seth versus Bray. Hell in a cell. It, it's difficult to explain how bad this match is. Because there are worse works. There are worst worked matches, for sure. We've seen them. Triple A. Um, but this finish, I mean, it, it's just the worst. It, I think it's the worst finish of all time. Maybe one of you will correct me. I mean... Can you think of a worse finish, Scott? No. I remember seeing this was like this was a moment in wrestling where I was so excited to do the podcast because of our disdain for like we were giddy with disdain for like when something is so bad that it's worth watching at a sleepover. Like if you're a kid, like it's just the worst shit ever. It's a. yeah, it's terrible, man. This was this was the death of uh, the fiend. Even though some of us called it, you know, once it started, we knew it was gonna be a turd. Uh, this made Rollins look really bad. Then he came. Did he have to come back as the Messiah after this, or this was during? I think he all... did one more match with the fiend, and then he immediately turned heel after that. Yeah, he had to do. He had the he had the thing. It was actually In Saudi Arabia, good. Was... right? He had a match with the well, fiend. the Saudi Arabia match was. Was yeah, is where he lost the he lost the title. You you have a you have and a then red? every it... go ahead. What? Well, you had a no. The he um... red cell, the shitty red cell, and the shitty red lighting. You couldn't see anything. Even Seth tweeted about it. Right about. I hope how... if they bring Bray back, they're not going to do the. I hope if they bring Bray back, they're gonna like have him be like undertaker you know you know past wrestlemania 20 where he's able where they don't do the red light he's able to move around a lot i mean people at this point if you watch this match i mean everything about this match is is so crazy i mean like bray wyatt brings out a looney tunes hammer to try to kill seth the the move there like this move which I've I have i seen an AEW too and I've seen WWE and I think it's the worst move in wrestling, which is the fake neck crack move from the fiends, because it's like oh, it's like all right well that's supposed to kill him right that's the whole point of that you don't just like get your neck cracked and then come back up unless it's like chiropractor or something. Um, the only thing that I could say is they really did bomb. Like, they bombed. It wasn't just like they phoned it in. Like, they bombed. And sometimes, you know, respect factor, a bomb is better than phoning it in. But that's that's probably as, as, as positive as I can. Ro- Robert, were you with the podcast at this point? Oh, yeah. I, re- I remember us. This was group texting like crazy waiting to get to this show. Uh, this was the uh, – it was baffling. This was as catastrophic a match as you possibly could have because – you killed Bray Wyatt as a heel. Uh, you killed Seth Rollins as a babyface. You killed that town. Uh, you killed the pay per view. The lights came on. The audience was just booing. Like it was. It was. It wasn't just silence. It wasn't uncomfortable. It was outright hatred for how bad this was. As a miscalculation well, across and, the and, board. And, and, and I'm sorry to interrupt. You know, there is there's a difference between like the booing we saw at the end of Bash on the Beach, which we I guess reviewed twice, versus the uh, booing at the like this is like we hate this show booing. Yes, it's not like we hate this guy and how could you booing. It is just, it, you know, the reason why it's not as loud, but it's way more consistent and longer. So, but it had so many just long-term <laughs> ill effects <laughs> that it, it absolutely sucked. And, and as far as Bray, if he were to come back, which would be great if he did, you have to bring him back in the Firefly Funhouse, killing the Vince McMahon puppet. 
and that's what frees him. Oh, that that'd be magic. Yeah, and it does feel like he's probably going to come back. Um, everyone's coming back. Yes, sure. Uh, sure. You know, uh, no one who's coming in, but everybody's coming back, baby. You don't need the thing is you don't need people <laughs> that are that are new. I think the idea was Hunter was cultivating a really strong roster of guys who would succeed if they weren't under Vince McMahon, and now it's let's bring back all these guys who would have done well if Vince was not here. And we've already built them. You don't need to get new guys. And and I, you know, it's like I watched a little bit of NXT 2.0 this week uh, by by accident. I just happened to have had a, a small window of time. And like the best match I watched, it was Roderick Strong versus Apollo Crews. So it's good to see like young whippersnappers <laughs> getting an opportunity. And those guys just they had fun and they they tore it down and it was That's great. Cool. Yeah, in between shitty porn acting from the the kids who have no business being on TV on NXT. Hey, before Hunter we drop that. the Hell in a Cell match uh, with Rollins and and the Fiend, how funny though! Like people dressed like the Fiend that night, and then they had to leave, being like, "That's dumb." <laughs> Even like, if it was a good match, can you dumb. imagine walking to your time. car after dressed like the Fiend? <laughs> They ruined the fiend. <laughs> Can you imagine how how rough it's that night it. was for Uber drivers having to go uh, pick people up in fiend masks after? <laughs> like, nope. No way. All right. I think Dan is gone, but um yeah. what's the yeah. next topic? What is it? What are we uh, talking? Uh there's a there's a uh, a TV show that apparently we're not breaking down every week going forward, but that was news to you and I, Scott. But that's cool. Uh AEW <laughs> Dynamite. Uh Dynamite or Dud. What's great for you listeners is it's frozen on a picture of Dan smirking. Ah, there he is. He's 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 back. He he uh he he vanished into the ether for a little bit uh in the exciting world of Scarsdale. But we are gonna talk the exciting world of all elite wrestling dynamite. Uh the the quake by the lake, which is a real thing and a cry for help from uh Tony Khan sponsor that uh, this dude needs to reevaluate his priorities, but I'll, I'll, I'll spare it. And I will break down what happened. Hour one uh, was Brody King versus Darby Allen in a coffin match uh, in which the house of black and sting interfered uh, a Moxley uh, promo where, where he introduced the FYI title uh, Jericho dressed as Lionheart talking about how he's going to stretch Moxley like they did to him in Stu Hart's dungeon that he never actually was in. Uh, Andrade and Roosh <laughs> took on the Lucha Brothers in a match that I can't wait to talk about. Uh, a segment in the back with Hangman Page picking the Dark Order over the Young Bucks, and you could hear Mike Lawrence somewhere screaming at his television. Uh, Luchasaurus took on Anthony Henry while uh, Jungle Boy took on the English language on commentary. A Miro promo that we will spend four to five hours dissecting second by second. (laughs) And my boy QT Marshall sharing screen time. Lethal, Dutt, and Singh cutting a promo until they get interrupted by Wardlow and FTR. And then the Jericho Appreciation Society cutting a promo uh, Scott, I will let you start with uh, our lawn while Zach checks his text messages from Dan, who's frantic because he can't get back in <laughs> to our Firefly Funhouse. <laughs> well, wow, man, just as a whole, okay, um, it was like this for me, and I, I wonder if it was like this for you. I did watch Raw this week, and I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I thought it had some cool stuff in it, right? And I was like, nice. That's a really uh, solid wrestling show. And then I watched Quake at the Lake and it felt like a solid wrestling pay-per-view. I loved it. And and honestly, I wish going forward, this is just how the shows looked because the way they do storylines anyway is so many kind of, or like they acknowledge this one this week and then another one the other week and then they go back to like, they layer it so they could have gigantic matches each week with, you know, invested interest, uh, while the storylines are what they did last night, which is just in between matches, cutting to the backstage, letting someone have a moment, uh, and then going right back to the action. I, I don't yeah, know. I, I think that's my, a, my that's a formula that's like, well, uh, no, go ahead. There's a formula Tony uses, which is, you know, I don't know how long we're going to get to do this. Let's give you every dream match we possibly can 
to to get you to to tune in rather than WWE that knows they have to meet these out because they have monthly pay-per-views where it's like we can't give you everything all the time so we're going to marry two guys together and let them wrestle five six weeks in a row Tony Khan's just like oh you know it'd be a really cool match guys I think we should put these guys together and see what happens and that's kind of what this felt like to some degree and it felt a little I don't think that it's it's desperation is the right word that I felt on this, but it did feel like this was a strong knee jerk reaction to what WWE was was putting forth, that they wanted to just kind of throw as many matches out there as they could. And then it it in some in some ways took away a little bit from some of the impact from it. I thought that, you know, the the Brody King Darby coffin match was a really brutal bloody hard-hitting crazy match and there were then there was just a bunch of gaga and shit that happened in it and and rather than remembering you know the 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 bloody face of, of brody what i think of is sting struggling as hard as he could to stand up out of that coffin like like the uh 95 year old man that he is and and moving forward in the sting malachi black feud and then it's like brody king lost again which which kind of sucked um and then the Andrade Roosh Lucha Bros match. I don't want to say it makes them look like I get that it masks are part of Mexican culture. I respect that. I understand it. They look fucking stupid when they keep getting their masks taken off and it's costing them matches over and over and yeah, over you again. You like, that spot all the time. But yeah. and that's I, and I always that. and I criticize Lucha Bros all the time that those guys and Roosh and Andrade, they do these matches in their sleep because they do the same spots over and over again. This one was a little sloppy in some places, but it's like Oh, we get it. They're going to rip Penta's mask off. We're going to tie it into the ropes. We're going to pull a second mask. Out. Like, do you care about the mask or do you care about winning? And what's more important? Tell that story. But I get you through those guys out there. But it was a chaotic, no rules match right after we just had a chaotic, no rules match in the in the coffin match. And I think, like, let it breathe a little bit. Let the audience kind of pick up on that. Uh, the, the buck stuff with Hangman and Dark Order was it was cute. I, I don't know how it really helps Hangman. I'm guessing, you know, look, this is ultimately going to end with the the Bucks and Kenny versus uh, Undisputed at the pay-per-view, which if that's where this gets us, awesome. Um, Luchasaurus, Anthony Henry was a fine squash match. Um, I guess now they're doing the thing with Pat Buck getting attacked. Like, I, I, don't, I don't really care. Uh, that's just me. Uh, the Miro promo, which was what the fuck um is is the house of black feuding with miro or are they feuding with darby and sting because it's kind of like they're, well, they're two about to be feuds. feuding with they're the trio they're gonna miro pull them all together darby. but it's like it's just kind of weird and then julia hart showing up during the promo that was really like is. ultimate warrior and jake roberts and papa shango like that's all i kept thinking of that entire promo uh poor miro uh and then poor wardlow who's now stuck in this feud with uh, Jay Lethal, the the king of going nowhere, uh, and Sutnam Singh and FTR. So I guess everybody's involved in six-man feuds now, even though there's a trios title. Uh, sure. Uh, Dan, what'd you think of hour one of uh, our friends at Dynamite? I, I really, I, I forget what was hour one and hour two. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you on the Darby Brody match. I was here. Let me, is this better? Guys, I'm sorry. I'm a mess. I'm going to try to keep it short just because I, I, I probably sound like the you fucking. Sound fine. Yeah. Jesus. Now, now you guys sound too loud. Uh, well, you, you sound, you sound better than Excalibur. So you sound fine. I can understand <laughs> you. You're not labored breathing. You're not panicking. Well, I am labored breathing, so that just shows you how much showbiz magic I have. Yeah, but that's more yeah, Shivani I mean, I labored that, breathing. I thought that there, I, I loved, I loved, I loved the Young Buck segment. I actually thought that was really good um, and a payoff. You know, like I understand the criticism. Not everybody knows about this, but I do know about it, and I thought they they handled it well. I thought the Gaga in the middle, yeah, the the Gaga in the middle of the Darby Allen Brody King match fucking ruined it, and I and I felt I feel bad because these guys they clearly kicked, you know, they clearly just kicked the shit out of each other. Um, I don't know if you guys talked about this, but I, I don't know if this was the first or second. Was the Moxley promo the first or second? That was hour one. Moxley's uh, FYI title. Dude, it's like what what is this guy doing? I I usually I've liked a lot of Moxley's promos, but like. This promo, I was like, we all know the interim title thing is dumb. And and instead of, like, just accepting it, now it's like you're making it a big deal. So 
you look worse by you keep making this thing a big deal, especially because it's like you're supposed to be this badass character. I don't know. I, I, he really needs a heel turn, man. I mean, he, he needs to be doing something a little different, which is going to be weird because, you know, Blackpool Combat Club is going to be it's going to be babyface, and he would be heel. I, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I, I, I think that Tony, I, I mean, I'll say this over and over until I'm blue in the face, but, you know, Tony needs to get somebody in there, man. There's just, there's just too many brawls. There's too many pulls. It's, he just needs somebody to get in there and be like, dude, you can't do this in this match because you do something similar in the second hour. Like he needs somebody to organize his thoughts. And, you know, one of the, you know, one of the things that I, I, you know, I'd be nervous of, and I, you know, I hate it because, like, Tony made a big deal about stomping all over Triple H's grave with that NXT show, and now Triple H is going to be going against him with a full roster, and Triple H is smart enough to realize he's not the smartest guy in the room. Uh, you know, that's why, you know, like, he, he as a producer is so much better than him as a talent because as a producer, he's like, Oh no, that guy, that guy has the best idea. Let's go with him. Um, opposed to Tony Khan, who seems more like, you know, if it doesn't come from him or he doesn't agree with him and it's in his world and you're not big enough, you know, you're not a Brian Danielson or a Kenny Omega. It, it's going to be hard to, uh, to pull off something different. Um, so that's my opinion. Of the first I, I, day I, I will, I will not at all confirm that there are people there who are very smart at wrestling who try to talk to him, but because they're not, they don't have the right cachet. Uh, their opinions don't get listened to. I would never say that that's happened. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hour two <laughs> of AEW Dynamite uh, kicks off with a main event anywhere in the world. Aaron Solo versus Ricky Starks with my boy QT Marshall ringside. Uh, then the Gun Club are in the back and they're joined by Stokely Hathaway and Danhausen. Uh, then the be- this literally went back to back. Then the best friends are joined by the Trustbusters with Mini Brock Lesnar. Uh, to set up their match. Then Madison Rain took on Jade Cargill on a match that aired on TV that I'm sure they wish didn't. Uh, then a thunderstorm promo that was pre-taped that Tony could have cut and instead let that air on TV because this man hates Thunder Rosa. And then in your WWE Raw main event, Dean Ambrose took on Chris Jericho and then CM Punk came out after for the world title. Uh, Scott, what'd you think hour two? Yeah, it was great. I, I, I can't believe you guys, uh, the way you spoke about hour one. I thought that was a little uh, strange. I thought it was like a pay-per-view quality hour, and I thought the second hour was, uh, was just as good. Well, I think that I was just kind of bummed out because I really loved the beginning of the Brody Darby match. Yeah. And, and when, like, when Alistair and all those guys came in, I'm like, come on, man. And especially because, like, I think Darby is like, it's like kind of like Orange Cassidy where he's so underrated and he can put together such a great match. I just felt like I was gypped, man. You know, more it than was, these- it was, it was probably one of my favorite Darby matches and it was the perfect spotlight for Brody and just letting those guys go out there and beat the shit out of one another is all you needed to do. You didn't need all the other nonsense that, that you What about did. that finish? I mean, that finish was, was picture the perfect. Fin- the finish was picture perfect, but it's like you needed to have edited out the second Malachi showed up to the second Sting left, like when all of a sudden Malachi just walks away and then Sting just walks away, like you didn't need any of that stuff. Trust your guys to go out there and deliver. And they had a good little blood feud amongst the two of them because of what happened at the Comic Cons and all the other shit. Just trust them to go beat the fuck out of one another. That's Dude, all you I need. That, that finish was all. If they had just gotten rid of that middle thing, that, that finish was awesome. It followed the story. I just I forget about the finish because of all the middle the middle shit with Sting and Malika. But it was really smart. Scott, hour two. Oh yeah, I thought it was very good, other than uh than, than that little Lesnar dude and Davari uh popping up and they're in the trios tournament. Um I do get that you want to like build young guys and I, hey, pick pick a, a group from dark, you know, but uh, it could have been the factory, damn it. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's just a lot of other teams you could have randomly threw together. I don't mind um, Blackpool Combat Club not being a part of it because I think all those guys are so big that you'd, you'd want to see them in other matches in the coming weeks. Like, it, that makes sense, you know? Um, but there are other teams that I could have seen be put together that were better. 
than that crew. That's my only complaint about the show. And the Jamie Hayter Thunder Rosa promo backstage was uh, was brutal. The the Tony Storm Thunder Rosa promo. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That's yeah. What did you think of the main event? Oh, I love the main event. I thought the main event was great. Um, you know, the brawl at the end. You go, you motherfuckers! Another brawl. But then it's like it's almost there's a reason that they do that to you, you know? And it's like, no, it's not, an, it's not another brawl. And then, you know, punk clearing house, uh, us thinking punk was hurt this entire time. Uh, you know, even like as of last week, I mean, doing worse than clearly he is doing. I, I think that's kind of cool. And I know Lawrence texted us and said that Moxley versus punk doesn't feel like a pay-per-view match, but it feels like the most pay-per-view match out of any match you could have right now. What's what's the what's the biggest pay-per-view match they could have outside of this that doesn't involve like, you know, um no, I don't even know who. Omega yeah, Omega or something, you know, like Omega uh, Punk gets the match. Of course, of course, of course. But you know, if if you if you can't do that, it's like punk versus Moxley. That's the match. Especially considering that Moxley's had I mean you have to like credit Moxley is probably the most traveled wrestler this year, or at least in terms of main eventing shows. Like he is the, he is everywhere. He's wrestling in bars and fucking halls on AEW. He is like the guy this year that's working his ass off after drinking, you know, that comeback. It just, it feels right. That stare down is fantastic. I, I loved it. Yeah, I, I think that feels like a big main event. And I was fine with that pull apart. I just really, I really hated the first one, you know. Um, and I I, uh, I agree, you know, with, as far as, you know, how I, I thought the main event was great. My only thing is, like, there's certain things that Jericho just shouldn't, like, the code breaker thing. It just doesn't look like it used to. And honestly, the code breaker is never, I know it's never good because Ricochet did one on SmackDown two weeks ago. It was phenomenal, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, oh, maybe he just should take that one out of his repertoire. But uh, it, I, the, the high spot for me in wrestling, maybe, I mean, maybe for the whole month, and I'm, I'm including me going to Stargast, was QT struggling to get over the railing. That was so funny. Uh-huh. Whoever booked that. Uh, it was hilarious. Oh, I love the Ricky Starks moment. I thought all of that was this Ricky Starks shit has been great. He's good, man. I hope they don't. Yeah, I hope he keeps going. I love Powerhouse too. Um, and also yeah. Nick Camarado dressed as like uh, a late '90s pimp was fucking hilarious. Yeah. I, or like, I guess he's a. They should just call. Can they just call themselves the Sopranos? <laughs> I mean, that would be really like just rip it off. They have the it's HBO. Uh, they're all under Warner, so why not? And and Robert, undisputed era. I, I think. I mean, I think Cole is still hurt, and I think uh, is Fish still hurt? Or I, they're not going to be in the trios tournament. Oh, I don't so... know. Oh, then you're building the fucking nothing. Cool. Well, uh, no, I, I take it, it back. I... I take it back that they were going somewhere with this, but they had them all attacked last week, so I assume that they were. Yeah, I be mean, okay I think it's either three weeks time. I think it's either to to ruin the the elite winning at All Out, you know. So now you have Cole coming back like he debuted at All Out the year before, but this time attacking Omega and the Bucks as opposed to joining them. Uh, I could see that happening. I think it's going to be Omega and the Bucks unless, you know, they do Abushi and the Bucks and then Omega's in their corner like Hangman's in the Dark Order's corner. Good. Bring more people in from outside. That's that's what they're that's what they're missing. More well, people from other companies. They do have a better wrestling program uh, than any other weekly. So, so yeah, our two, this week. <laughs> Was it better two. than Raw this week? <laughs> no, this wasn't better than Raw. You are out of your mind, yeah, I'm Robert. I'm not out of my mind. The, the Raw was it, the uh, it was better. It was better than Raw, man. It was better than Raw. It's fucking uh, paper. Anyway. Raw. Uh, I mean, Raw. I will say this: Raw was more consistent, but Raw was. But there, yeah, was but there were that's... higher points. There were there were consistently what showing commercials. Yes, uh, I like the. So hold on, I, I'm gonna. All right, I'm gonna get where she You know, I try. To, I, I try I, to strike a middle balance between you guys. So all right, I, just, Dan, I get Dan, shit Dan, either way I go. All right, sit in your fucking Mazda and let me. Dude, talk that about wall of Jericho here. during the commercial break. Yeah, I'm gonna get Ooh, to that. That's that where I'm going with it. All right, I like the Ricky Starks thing with Aaron Solo. That's how you use the factory. That's how you use these goofs. You get the guy over. He looked like a main event baby face. You had him in the crowd. That was absolutely perfect. I had to reintroduce Ricky Starks as a baby face. 
um, the gun club nonsense and then the best friends nonsense back to back. That was like, fun, man. That was the gun club stuff was fun with the gun club with the stuff was, was fine. Um, but you don't do that and then do the best friends trust busters thing right after, like space it out that, a little that bit. That was very stupid. Yes, that, that jade was, match that, that, yeah, that jade match with Matt, like they brought Madison Rain in to coach the women. Did they not watch Ooh, Madison Rain? I, I think they need to, I think they need to rethink that because the last two matches she's been in have been fucking shit shows this match with the, this jade match was bad and they still don't know how to shoot jade uh i i like i get it kevin dunn's the worst thing never happened to wrestling in a lot of ways but at least he knows how to hide when someone can't avoid like we, you're missing someone by a country mile you cut around it you know when the move is coming and they clearly show how how far jade is missing i'm not saying for her to be snug because she will kill someone if she kicks them in the head um, and then your, your main event, the earring spot was, was cool. That was, you know, a, a nice use of a lot of blood. The lion tamer through the commercial break killed the lion tamer as a finishing move. Uh, you lost any suspense whatsoever. Oh, dude, he's 53. You can kill these moves now. Yeah. I you mean... really shouldn't kill that, that, that one. Uh, the match picked up, like they were trying to wrestle this very technical, like it's the, it's Lionheart and, and, and Moxley technical wrestling, which, the crowd was not sure what to do in the beginning. They came alive at the end. And now it's like, oh, it's Blackpool Combat Club against the Jericho Appreciation Society. And Eddie Kingston's there again. Like this feud will never, ever fucking end. Uh, and then Punk came back. And I think Mike's point about Moxley versus Punk not being a pay-per-view main event is in some regards, it isn't. It's not an earned main event. It's a force like, well, we have an interim champion versus your main champion there's not a deeply personal issue here uh the reason why you're doing it scott when you're asking well what else could you do you don't have anything else because you don't have any other main event heels ready to go to to, to step into that spot because they're not building main event heels you you should have been able to build a couple people to be ready for this for a big pay-per-view instead you're putting moxley in a match where He's again going to get booed as a baby face because it's punk in Chicago. This was the same issue you ran into with oh, Moxley. He's going to turn heel, man. He's, he's turning heel. He's got sure. to. You've got no other option at this point but to turn him heel. And then it's like, well, what do you do with the rest of Blackpool? Do you then turn Danielson and Claudio and and Yuta heel? Like it, it's it's I mean, a they very all act like heels. They they act the part of what they're makes them heels. fun, right? But what part that's what makes them fun. They act like heels, but they're baby faces. And, and I think that's what it's going to be. I think it, it is a wrestling savvy crowd, and they are going to boo Moxley, of yeah. course, more than Punk. But they're also going to cheer Moxley, and they're going to and they're going to love the hell out of them. And if that's and if that's and the, the plan, and, and that's what they're, they're going to pull at is what Punk's feuds always pull at, which is which is. Moxley's going to bring up shit about punk. It's not going to be a straight baby face, straight heel feud. It's going to be every program AEW's pretty much ever done uh, in terms of Moxley, which is he's going to be Moxley. He's not been a face ever. Right. In AEW. These are these are a lot of people who are going to be sitting there waiting out their contracts so they can go back to WWE. <laughs> and it's going to be glorious to watch in the interim. Uh, I think that's that's the one thing Tony had was you're really taking a victory lap uh, about a company that over made a Dexter Loomis debut. Yes. What a Dexter. That's going to be well, I, hey, well, that's well, coming well, up. I will, I will say this about the Dexter Loomis debut. I'm, I'm no I'm no big fan of Dexter Loomis. But the way they shot that was so much better than the way Kevin Dunn oh, normally would have shot that. Well done. I did like how it was done. You Throughout know what? The let's, night, let, yeah. So since I was going to get to it, let's get to it now. We'll do high spot, low spot, uh, because uh, that oh, was going to Yeah, I got to go. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah, you got to go. And that was going to oh. be my, my, my high spot. Fleek, Scott, why don't you do your high spot, low spot first? You, you know, I mean, I could. I, I My high spot, I would have said raw if, I mean, you know, AEW wasn't so good. So let me think about that. Here's my high spot. I'm very happy that Will Ospreay is in the trios tournament with the United Kingdom because they get to he gets to stare down Pac, he gets to fight Phoenix, and he gets to kick Penta in the head. And that's going to be fucking awesome. That works. What's your low spot? Hmm. And that's the problem. Wrestling has been a lot of fun. So what is a genuine low spot? You know, it's like we, we can't, you know, hey, can I say it's a high... Another high spot, wink, wink. Um, someone's starting a wrestling company. No. <laughs> what? Well, you know. No, here, no. Oh, here's another high I mean, spot. The thing is, if, 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 sorry. Uh, uh, Ric Flair was happy with how his match went. 
And he said he passed out twice, which I guess is okay. We don't have to acknowledge. I guess you could just say he passed out twice and we're supposed to say, yeah, great job. I guess he was suffering from dehydration. And he tried to wrestle again. Now he's upset that he called it his last match because he was he wants to work with Cologne, Carlos Cologne. Yes, that is my low spot. Ric Flair and Carlos Cologne fist fighting uh, in an angle in Mexico. (laughs) I mean, he's going to die at some point. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he so this will give Carlos Cologne his second kill. All right, boys. I do have to go though. Peace. All right, I'll see you later, buddy. All right, you see you, see you, you. Scott. Thank Dan, you. what's your what's your high spot, low spot before your uh, your like get towed? Uh, I got you know two. I got two high spots. Um, one was Karen Cross's re-debut. I thought that was that was really well done. It, it felt like for the first time, you know, it felt like that. You know, when there's when there's multiple world title contenders and and Roman has kind of been like this inevitable Thanos character, but now it's starting to get a little bit interesting again. So seeing that was cool. My other high spot was, well, this is this is the low spot of it. Um, you know, the guy the LaBelle, from the LaBelle lock, the Daniel, Daniel Bryan came, the LaBelle, that guy, Gene LaBelle, he died, which is a low spot. But the high spot is I got to real, he's the guy who was a judo master that made Steven Seagal shit his pants. Um, cause Seagal said, nobody can tap me out and he did it. So that was another high spot just hearing that story. And my low spot was like, look, man, I, I agree with actually a lot of libertarian views, but Kane winning again, that's, he's not a libertarian anymore. He's just another fucking MAGA guy. So like, you know, I was kind of bummed out to see that guy get reelected, but you know, also who gives a shit, Robert? Yeah. Uh, my high spot this week, carrying uh, cross being back was fantastic. The guy should not have been released in the first place. I'm glad to see him get an opportunity here. The The debut of Dexter Loomis made Ross so much fun because the way that they slow played that with Kevin Owens doing a promo in the back and you see like a car accident going on with, with Nikki uh, and and Dewdrop and then the the security running by during Alexa's promo and then all of a sudden Dexter getting arrested in the main after the main event and them not really acknowledging it made it an absolute blast. Uh, I just love that there's there's creativity and excitement going on with WWE for the first time and who the fuck knows how long. Uh, my low spot this week is is uh, Dustin Rhodes, who uh, basically told you know a lot of talent. And he's like, well, talent are complaining about what's going on in AEW. Then, you know, get the fuck out of here. And there's a lot of talent in AEW that I think does have a legitimate gripe. I think Malachi it, it Black was t- and Miro. I don't know. If you read the whole interview, it was a I read the whole taken interview. out of context. It was, but I just... I thought I, it was I, a little taken out of context. So it's it's less the Dustin Common itself and more the fact that guys like Miro and Malachi Black are getting frustrated by what's going on in AEW when they should absolutely be getting opportunities to show what they can do. There's no reason that they're off TV for so long the way they are or how they're booked or how they're positioned. Push them as main eventers. You have nothing to lose by doing that, and and I think that they are they're justified in their in their frustrations. But uh, I, I think that's a you know it's a tepid low spot, but it's it's my my low spot for the week. But uh, that's uh, that, that's what we got. So Dan, uh, what uh, what do you want to plug? Well, this is coming out Friday, so um, I actually am going to be on the road opening for Michelle Wolf again. I will be uh, at Wise Guys Comedy Club this Sunday night and Monday night. And I'll be at the Denver comedy works Tuesday night and Wednesday night. I haven't been to Salt Lake. I hear that's one of the best clubs in the country. I know for a fact that Denver comedy works is one of the best clubs in the country. So please check that out. You know, obviously in New York, I'll be at the comic strip. I'll be, you know, I have a spot at the cellar New York comedy club plus like that, but uh, I'm getting on the road a lot, you know, this, the, for the rest of the year, September, I'm going to be uh, headlining the San Francisco punchline for a couple nights. I'm also doing the Milwaukee, tap room i'm doing the uh skank fest in october and in in early november i'm doing like a little southern tour and heading to lafayette georgia and then new year's i'm going to be doing frederick maryland one of my favorite rooms in the world the cellar door Uh, i'm doing two shows that night for new year's so really getting back out there all in anticipation of you know maybe recording a special early 2023 so you know almost everything you're going to see is new so uh check it out because we have a five stars uh, review for us that would be terrific we still have a couple dickheads who like have taken our number completely down 
Um, and yeah, man, just, uh, just keep supporting us. We really appreciate it. Robert. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WW creative underscore I S H. Uh, we've got the, uh, the, the Facebook group, which is always an absolute blast and highly recommend that you guys, uh, are a part of it. If you're not, I know we've got the wrestle roast Twitter. Uh, I, I, I mentioned this, something to sports entertainment. I'm mentioning it here. Uh, we're, we're long overdue to create some new, uh, some new merchandise. We haven't released a new shirt in a while. If there's something that you've heard on the show, something you think that fits our brand that you want to see, uh, on there, out there, uh, post it on the Facebook group. We'll kick it around and see what we're going to do. But, uh, other than that, appreciate you guys listening. Subscribe to the Patreon. The roast of Marty Janetti is going to be a blast. Uh, and most importantly, Zach, what do you got for us? Wash your hands. <laughs>